Thank you, Jesus. Only you can steal. My soul is thirsty, Lord. Father, I declare this morning that I really want to know you. I really want to know your power. I really want to know your person. Indeed, Lord, you are the only one who can steal the tempest. Uh, Jesus, the Bible says that you said to the wind, you said to the storm, be still, and it was still. Lord, you are the only one who can calm the storms in our lives. And so, Lord, I really, truly, this morning want to know you, to know you from the depth of my heart, to know the wonderful and the beautiful things you do in our lives. Lord, I really want to know you. This morning, as we wake up to a brand new day, I say thank you. Thank you because you are a faithful God. Thank you, Lord, because you are not a man. You do not lie. You do not repent. You do not recount the things you have said. When you say a thing, Lord, you are able to bring it to pass. I thank you this morning because you are not a man. And so because you are not a man, Lord, I can praise you with every content in my heart. Be glorified, Jesus. Receive all our thanks for everyone lifting up their voice this morning, lifting up their voices this morning. We declare be glorified, Jesus. As we learn again today in your presence, we ask, Lord, this morning that you will speak to us in your word. Help us learn and once again glean wisdom. Let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. All right, it's a good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone listening in. Let me say a great welcome to everyone. I am Murphy Eye Nike, and I'm sharing devotion with you. We started uh, on the first book of Samuel. Yesterday, we took chapters 1 and 2. Today, we continue the reading of this book. Uh, we'll take three chapters, actually. Chapters 3, 4, and hopefully chapter 5. Um so let me make a little confession. Growing up, growing up as a young Christian, I loved reading the book of Samuel. So wonderful stories here that I could just play up my imagination and just go back to the way I thought things were there. I'm telling you, I enjoyed the book of First Samuel. So uh, let's read. But remember where we left off the story, right? First Samuel chapter two. Uh, God had warned. God had warned Eli, and then you know, even. Gradually, we saw that Samuel was growing up, but Eli was giving that warning because he was really not disciplined in his children. And we did draw lessons from, from there yesterday. We said, look, 
as a father, as a mother, you must take raising your children seriously. So today, I uh, will take, like I said, chapters 3, 4, and 5. Chapters 3, God begins to speak to Samuel. And of course, I said yesterday that the Bible says that the word of God came to a man of God who came to tell a lie. And usually, uh, you know that is a big problem already because Eli should be the one receiving uh, the word of God, being the high priest. But God was not speaking to him again. In chapter 3, God begins to speak to Samuel. And so, at this point, he had bypassed Eli. He had bypassed his children. He was not speaking to them anymore. Um, In chapter 4, we will see one of the sweetest story <laughs> i used to love reading chapter four okay so i really look forward to the day where uh maybe a movie industry and the movie industry will turn chapter four into a movie but it was the account of the children of israel fighting against the you know the philistines and how the ark of god was captured okay and of course the death of ophni and phineas and then in chapter 5, we will see the ark, you know, in, in Philistia or with the people, okay, the Philistines. All right, so let's start from chapters 3. Meanwhile, verse 1, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Uh, now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. Okay, verse 1 immediately for me has quite a you know, loaded lessons for me already. It says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Uh, <laughs> I hope you saw something there. The Eli that God had rejected, the Eli that God was not speaking to anymore, Samuel actually served God by serving him. Hmm. Okay, so big lessons there. There are times where God has called you to serve someone and it is clear that God is not speaking to them anymore. You are the one God is speaking to. Please don't be proud. Mm -hmm. Wait for your time. Wait for your time. Don't jump ahead of your time. Samuel could have jumped ahead and said, Eli, Shabi, God is not speaking to you anymore. God, uh, it seems God wants to start speaking to me. And I'm telling you, he would just have, have shipwrecked. Uh, the second part of that verse 1 says that in those days, messages, you know, open vision, like um, the KJV and King, New King James Version puts it, says were rare, okay, in, in Israel. So people were not hearing from God, apart from the man that brought that message to Eli. Uh, that's the only thing we, we've learned from this time. But remember, I said Eli did not start like this, right? Okay, Um at this time, people were coming to Shiloh to worship God. Eli, being the first priest who had become a judge, you know, had provoked a time of revival, you know, um, in Israel. But towards the end, he uh, he just he, he backslided. Verse two says, one night, Eli was almost blind by now, and Eli, it says one night, one night. Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. 
Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, What is it? He got up and ran to (coughs) to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So yes, you can know God to the point where you know the voice of God. You hear God speaking to you clearly. The Bible says in the New Testament for us, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. When the Holy Spirit is the one leading you, I'm telling you, you can hear God speak to you. For Samuel here, it felt as if somebody, okay, a person was speaking to him. So it just felt as if, just take for example, that you were talking to another person. That was how it felt with with Samuel. And I'm telling you, Samuel is no, God is not doing this because he is special or anything. God wants to speak to you also like that. Verse 8 says, So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. You see, Eli, due to experience, knew that it was God that was calling the boy. So if Samuel was already, you know, uh, becoming proud and feeling big in his eyes, I'm telling you, Eli would not have helped him. Mm, Yes. So let's continue. He says, so he said to Samuel, verse 9, go and lie down again. And if and if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called, out, called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I am going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to the end. From beginning to end, I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming blaspheming my name. Not that they blasphemed my name, okay? God says they are blaspheming my name. In other words, continuous tense. They were still doing it. And he hasn't disciplined them. So, yes, this is what God had against Eli. Eli was complaining about what his children were doing. But he was not, yes, he was not doing something to discipline them. Verse 14 says, So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. And I'm telling you, this is terrible. Okay, uh, it doesn't matter how much sin the the nation committed. It could be covered with the blood of a bull. Now, God is saying that it doesn't matter the sacrifice Eli will will offer because of what he and his sons are done. 
God says, I'm not forgiving them. Let's go on. Verse 15 says, Samuel stayed in bed until morning, then got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. But Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son, here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything, and may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold anything back. It is the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. Which I'm telling you is telling you some serious uh, issues are going on with Eli. Who else would they tell this is what God said he is going to do to you? This is not the first person. This is even the second person who has a clear vision word from God. You know, it's not as if you have been hearing God anyway. You know, and so you know God is the one speaking and they told you this is what God is going to do. And your response is, it is the Lord's will. Eli replied, let him do what he thinks best. I'm telling you, something was greatly, you know, something was really wrong with with Eli. Verse 19 says that as Samuel grew, the Lord was with him, and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. And all Israel, from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear appear at Shiloh and give messages to Samuel there at the tabernacle and Samuel's word went out to all to all the people of Israel so gradually we see that Samuel was gradually replacing Eli gradually God was speaking to him but yes Samuel was very humble and was bidding his time. So let's look at this uh, this wonderful scenario in verse 4. I said, I look forward to the way where the movie industry will make this into a film. From verse 1, it says, At that time, Israel was at war with the Philistines. So remember, the last time Israel was at war was with the last judge. The last judge from now was Samson. And he also fought with the Philistines so much, of course, it meant the the Philistines were not defeated. The next judge after him, Eli now, has taken up this battle. And I'm telling you, it's been 40 years that Eli was a judge and this battle will continue. Since at that time, Israel was at war with the Philistines, the Israelites army was camped near Ebenezer and the Philistines were at Afek. The Philistines attacked and defeated the army of Israel, killing 4,000 men. After the battle was over, the troops retreated to their camp and the elders of Israel asked, why did the Lord allow us to be defeated by the Philistines? Then they said, let's bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord from Shiloh. If we carry it into battle with us, Uh, with us it will save us from our enemies so in their own eyes the ark had become an idol yes it had become an idol that they were worshiping not only them including Eli so they thought that it was the ark that made the enemies tremble I'm telling you and I'm a lot of Christians are in this same trap today they think that coming to church it was, is what makes demons tremble before them. 
they think that uh, maybe their works and the things that they can do is what makes the devil afraid no child of god i'm telling you now uh, it is not the ark of god it is the presence of god that comes upon that ark or that the ark represents that should be important so what they should be doing actually should have been to call for samuel okay from the one that they know god speaks to but they were not interested in that what they were interested in was that if they bring the ark here the presence of god is automatically here and you need to learn a big lesson here sometime oh and most times uh it does not mean the presence of god is where you just think going to church means that God's presence is with you or you are you have a relationship with God. I know people who go to church and just think that because they walk in church, then they have a relationship with God. It doesn't work that way. You must cultivate your relationship with God intentionally. Verse 4 says, So they sent men to Shiloh to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord of heaven's army, who is enthroned between the cherubims, Ophni and Phineas, the sons of Eli, were also there with the ark of the covenant of God. So I'm thinking they told Ophni and Phineas, bring the ark, we need the ark to come and fight for us. Those ones that are used to collecting bribe anyway, okay, said to us, they collected their bribe, they are there at, at the battlefront. They have not asked God. Remember that only very few people are supposed to be able to carry the ark right so obviously Ophni and Phineas and the select group among them are the one that carried the ark so verse 5 says when all the Israelites saw the ark of the covenant of the Lord coming into the camp uh, they, their shout of joy was so loud it made the ground shake hmm. so I learned this from one of the men of God that has blessed me so much uh, brother Willie Akoni you know, so when the ark of God came, they shouted so much and it looked like God was in their camp because that was what it then looked like. The ground was shaking. And I'm telling you, we have this sometimes as Christians. We are shouting, we are making so much noise, we are doing everything and the presence of God is not there. Nothing, nothing of the presence of God is, is there, even though we are shouting so much. Please pay attention to hearing God. I'm not talking hearing God through a pastor. I'm not talking about hear, having an encounter with God by just going to church or, or the pastor being the one speaking. No, I'm talking about you yourself having a personal encounter with this God. Let's go on. It says, what's going on? The Philistines asked. What's all the shouting about in the Hebrews camp? When they were told it was it was because the ark of the Lord had arrived, <laughs> they panicked. The gods have come into their camp, they cried. This is a disaster. <laughs> we have never had to face anything like this before. Help, uh, who can save us from these mighty gods of Israel? They, they are the same gods who destroyed the, the Egyptians with plagues when Israel was in the wilderness. So, I'm telling you, children of God, shouting, I'm stepping on the devil's head. You know, and the devil is just looking at them. Okay, finish in church. Come and, come and meet me outside. And you don't know God for yourself. Hmm. I'm saying again, please have a personal encounter with God. 
know God for yourself. There are a lot of Christians that are all just busybody. We are shouting. It looks like the power is there, but there's no power. And then when the enemy comes at us, thinking that we have the power, the enemy then realizes that we are just empty barrels. <laughs> and then just, just breaks into pieces with very little pressure. Now they go on verse 9. It says, fight as never before Philistines. If you don't, uh, we will become the Hebrews' slave, just as they have been ours. Stand up like men and fight. So the Philistines fought desperately, and Israel was defeated again. The slaughter was great. 30,000 Israelite soldiers died that day. The survivors turned and fled to their tents. The ark of God was captured, and Ophni and Phineas, the two sons of Eli, were killed. Just you know, remember, God already gave this prophecy. Your two sons were going to die on the same day, and that's exactly what happened. Verse 12 says, A man from the tribe of Benjamin ran from the battlefield and arrived at Shiloh later that same day. He had torn his clothes and put dust on his head to show his grief. Eli was waiting beside the road to hear the news the news of the battle for his heart trembled for the safety of the ark of god when the messengers arrived and told what had happened an outcry resounded throughout throughout the town the truth is the ark of god should really not have left with without a life of course he was very old at this time he was already 19 something years old so why was he still the high, the high priest because yes, Ophni and Phineas could not step into his shoes. Okay, but the ark, it should have refused the ark living. But as always, he indulged his children. What is all, all the noise about? Eli asked. The messenger rushed over to Eli, who was 98, you see, 98 years old and blind. He said to Eli, I have just come from the battlefield. I was there this very day. What happened, my son? Eli demanded. Israel has been defeated by the Philistines. The messenger replied, The people have been slaughtered, and your two sons, Ophni and Phineas, were also killed. And the ark of God has been captured. When the messenger mentioned what had happened to the ark of God, Eli fell backward from his seat uh, beside the gate. He broke his neck and died, for he was old and overweight. <laughs> he had been Israel's judge for 40 years. So, can you imagine this man? He was not shocked at his son's dying. He was expecting that anyway. But as soon as the ark of God was mentioned, he went into deep shock and then fell, falls down and breaks, breaks his neck. And I'm worried about that. So he was mindful, careful about the ark, but not the presence of God. Okay, because if he, if he was serious about his job, he would know that what needs to go with the children of Israel was the presence of God. So what he should do as high priest was to command, command revival, a time of repentance for the people, but he didn't. Okay, so telling us the, some of the great things that Eli was, you know, was struggling with. Secondly, he tells us in that verse that for he was old and overweight. How many of you know an overweight 98-year-old man? <laughs> yes, uh, Eli has been eating enough offering. <laughs> Let's continue. Eli's daughter-in-law and the wife of Phineas was pregnant and near a time of delivery when she heard that the ark of God had been captured and that her father-in-law 
and her husbands were dead, she went into labor and gave birth. She died in childbirth. Um, but before she passed away, the midwife tried to encourage her. Don't be afraid, they said. You have a baby boy. But she did not answer or pay attention to them. She named the child Ichabod, which means, where is the glory? For she said, Israel's glory is gone. She named him this because the ark of God had been captured and because her father-in-law and husband were dead. Then she said, The glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. <clears throat> so I'm tempted to stop here and allow us just digest what has happened in this story. But I'm telling you big lessons, uh, child of God. Sometimes, because there is so much activity, does not mean God is there. Sometimes, because there is so much shout, does not mean God is there. Uh, learn from Elijah when he was praying before God, when the whirlwind came, when the storm came and everything, the earthquake came, God was not there. It was a still small voice that then God then spoke to him. Okay, so I'm telling you and I'm calling you to a relationship with God, to encountering God yourself. Okay, uh, let go of this axe that you have put all around yourself. You know, this symbol that you want to use as idols for you to be able to measure whether you are serving God or whether you are closing close to God. No, it is time to enter into a deep relationship with God. And I'm telling you, God will bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, let's take, I want us to take chapter 5. Okay, chapter 5 from verse 1 says, After the Philistines captured the ark of God, they took it from the battleground at Ebenezer to the town of Ashdod. They carried the ark of God into the temple of Dagon and placed it beside an idol of Dagon. But when the citizens of Ashdod went to see it the next morning, please don't mind me, Dagon had fallen with his face to the ground in front of the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and put him in his place again. <laughs> and these guys are very funny. You could carry your God and put him in his place and you are willing to serve that God. <laughs> Verse 4 says that, but the next morning, the same thing happened. Dagon had fallen face down before, before the ark of the Lord again. This time his head and hands had broken off and were lying in the doorway. Only the trunk of his body was left intact. That is why to this day, neither the priest of Dagon nor anyone who enters the temple of Dagon and Ashdod will step on his threshold. They did not step on the threshold because that was where his hands broke, were broken and they were left like that. They did not choose to worship the God that was so powerful without anybody being present, destroyed Dagon they were still reverencing Dagon. And I'm telling you, idolatry is a terrible thing. Ah, if you are caught in this web, it will destroy you. Ah, please, I pray and ask God to set you free from it. Verse 6 says, Then the Lord's heavy hand struck the people of Ashdod and the nearby villages with a plague of tumor. When the people realized what was happening, they cried out, We can't keep the ark of the God of Israel here any longer. He is against us. We will be destroyed along with Dagon our God. So you know that there is someone greater than the God that you are serving. Verse 8 says, So they called together the rulers of the Philistines town and asked what should we do with the ark of the god of israel the rulers discussed it and replied moved it move it to the town of gath so they moved the ark 
of the of of the God of Israel to Gath. When the ark arrived at Gath, the Lord's heavy hand fell on its men, young and old. He struck them with a plague of tumor, and there was great panic. So they sent the ark of God. Uh, to the town of Ekron. So you can imagine, God was literally fighting the battle by himself without anybody being present. God does, I'm telling you, God does not need men to fight for him. God does not need you to fight for him. Someone needs to hear me this morning. God does not need you to fight for him. Stop claiming that you are fighting for God. Stop claiming that the reason why you are all busybody and so angry and jerking around is because you are fighting for God. God does not need any man to fight for him. Only idols need people to fight for them. Note that this morning. Say so, they sent the ark of God to the town of Akron. But when the people of Akron saw it coming, they cried out, They are bringing the ark of the God of Israel here to kill us too. And the people summoned the Philistine rulers again and begged them, Please send the ark of the God of Israel back to its own country, or it will kill us all. For the, dead, for the deadly plague from God had already begun, and great fear was sweeping across the town. And those who didn't die were afflicted with tumor, and the cry from the town rose to heaven. Amen. Alright, so I have been so blessed today and I have so many lessons to draw to draw from. Say I say to maybe someone needs to hear this this morning. God does not need you to fight for him. He can surely, I'm telling you, if God wants to move, God can sweep an entire nation aside with the breath of his nostrils. The Bible said he parted the Red Sea. He does not need anyone to fight for him. So please stop fighting for God. Hold your peace and ask the Lord to bring to pass whatever he has said. And God, I'm telling you, will do it in the name of Jesus. And that lesson we have drawn today is pay attention to your own personal relationship with God. Okay, don't focus on activities. Stop running around with activities. People think that, yes, where there is activity, that's where the presence of God is. I remember there was somebody who came to our church. It was like, you know, they were about to leave at one time, and the, 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 past, the senior pastors were told. And then, in, on talking to them, they said that they wanted to go to a church where there is fire. Their own definition of fire is a place where when they are praying, the ground will be shaking. Yes, the ground was shaking with the children of Israel, but the presence of God was not there. And I remember that senior pastor sharing with us, he told them, hmm, you see, wherever the voice of God is, the fire of God is there. Okay, if you hear God in this church, we might not be shouting, we might not be rolling on the floor. But the fire is here. So please pay attention to your own relationship with God. Desire to have an encounter with him. Lord, speak to me. Speak into my life. Let me hear you. And I'm telling you, when anyone cries out to God this way, God surely answers them. And God will bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Last point. Let's learn from Eli. Okay, don't fall into the same mistake. The Bible says at 98, Eli was, actually other versions say he was a heavy man. He was fat. 
because he was eating from what Ophni and Phineas were bringing home in treating God's offering with contempt. Ah, ah, please don't make this kind of mistake. Raise your children well. Trust God for them. I know that we might not be able to follow them into everything they want to do, but show them by example and confront. Yes, sometimes you really have to confront when things are going wrong and say, Lord, help me with this child or speak to this child and say, you must stop this. And as you do so, the Lord will bless you in the name of Jesus. I want us to pray as we go today. Ah, Lord, help me to have a deeper relationship with you. Let that be your prayer this morning. Help me to know you more and more. Help me to love you more and more. Jesus, help me to be deeper in love with you. Father, that's my prayer this morning. In the name of Jesus, I am praying for your people. Help them to walk with you in the name of Jesus. Lord, because you are able to fight battles even on your own, every battle in their life, Lord, bring to an end in the name of Jesus. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.